0: REPORT OF THE WRECK OF THE PRINCESS SOPHIA BY OLI MORRISON, E. H. MARTIN, AND JOHN D. Macpherson. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. VICTORIA, BRITISH COLUMBIA, MARCH 27, 1919. THE HONORABLE, THE MINISTER OF MARINE AND FISHERIES, OTTAWA. SIR. I beg to submit the following report with all exhibits attached, pursuant to the scope of the commission issued to me as Commissioner, and Captain E. Martin, CMG, Royal Navy, and Captain John D. McPherson, Wreck Commissioner of British Columbia, as assessors, dated the third day of January, 1919, to inquire into the loss of the British steamship Princess Sophia on the 24th of October, 1918 owing to the fact that the ship was lost in alaskan waters outside the canadian jurisdiction and that all the witnesses who were in a position to describe the conditions existing in the vicinity of the wreck at the time material to the inquiry were residents of alaska we had difficulty in making much progress at the several sittings held at victoria and vancouver at which we exhausted all the evidence of the few witnesses who voluntarily came within the jurisdiction After that, it was deemed advisable to proceed to Juneau, Alaska, at which point we were advised by the American authorities there the remaining witnesses would be available. Sittings were therefore held at Victoria on the following dates, January 10th, February 10th and 11th, March 10th, 13th and 20th, and at Vancouver on January 31st, and at Juneau 26th and 27th of February. Signed, howley morrison the princess sophia whose official number is one three zero six two zero was one of the coasting fleet of steamboats owned by the canadian pacific railway company and plied between victoria vancouver and skagway alaska and intermediate ports carrying passengers and mails she was built at paisley scotland by Bow mclaughlin and Company in the year nineteen twelve and was a single screw triple expansion oil burning steel steamer registered at victoria british columbia she was three hundred and sixty six nominal horsepower two hundred and forty five feet two inches long forty four feet one inch beam and twenty four feet deep gross tonnage two thousand three hundred twenty tons and registered one thousand four hundred forty six tons She arrived in due course of her scheduled time at Skagway, Alaska, on the morning of the 23rd of October, 1918, and left on her return voyage about 10 p.m. Alaska time of that day, also in due course of her scheduled time, carrying very little cargo, 289 passengers, and 61 of a crew. She had her full complement of officers and crew. She was in charge of Captain Locke, an experienced officer and the other officers were properly certified efficient and experienced in those waters the ship was seaworthy and well found in every respect the weather at the time of her departure from skagway was fine it appears from the information gathered from wireless messages picked up that she struck vanderbilt reef about two a m alaska time on the twenty fourth of october 1918. A distance from Skagway of 54 miles. Parenthetically, it may be here stated that there is an hour's difference between Alaska time and British Columbia time. Vanderbilt Reef, which lies in latitude 58 degrees, 35 minutes, 20 seconds north, longitude 135 degrees, 0 minutes, 30 seconds west, and one mile and a quarter off the line of her course, is a small projecting reef well out in the centre of the southern extremity of lynn canal about equidistant from both shores some three and one-half miles the nearest lighthouse being that of sentinel island four miles south the reef is submerged at high tide and is marked by a can buoy the various distances along the line of her course from skagway to juneau are as follows skagway to eldred rock lighthouse thirty miles skagway to point sherman lighthouse 38 miles. Skagway to Vanderbilt Reef, 54 miles. Skagway to Sentinel Island, 58 miles. Skagway to Juneau, 100 miles. From the lighthouse records, it would appear she must have encountered heavy squalls of snow before she reached Eldred Rock, 30 miles from Skagway, with a strong northerly wind, which condition continued until about 6 o'clock that morning, the 24th, As appears from the following summary taken from the lighthouse records at those points eldred rock lighthouse snowing from eleven ten a m twenty-third to six a m the twenty-fourth clear from six a m the twenty-fourth to one p m the twenty-fifth snowing from one p m the twenty-fifth to eight a m the twenty-seventh sentinel island lighthouse Snowing from eight fifteen a.m. twenty third to six fifty a.m. the twenty fourth. Clear from six fifty a.m. the twenty fourth to twelve ten p.m. the twenty fifth. Snowing from twelve ten p.m. the twenty fifth to three forty a.m. the twenty seventh. From that hour, as appears from the evidence of those standing by, the weather moderated in the vicinity of the reef and remained so until early the afternoon of the same day the twenty-fourth during which period passengers could have been transshipped to several craft standing by and landed without very much if any risk of life during the late afternoon of the twenty-fourth the wind again freshened and at four forty five p m captain locke wired the cedar that it was impossible to get passengers off owing to the high seas then running but that probably they could be taken off next morning from then on and during the following day the twenty-fifth it appears that the vessels which had stood by during the twenty-fourth were unable to render any assistance captain troop who is the manager of the british columbia coast steamship service of the canadian pacific railway company at victoria in the meantime was endeavouring to ascertain the exact condition prevailing and on the twenty-fourth wired captain locke inquiring what assistance he was getting and asked what disposition he had made of the passengers this wire was not delivered till the morning of the twenty-fifth the following craft were standing by at different hours during the twenty-fourth one s s patterson arrival nine a m october twenty-fourth departure eight p m october twenty-fourth officer in charge Captain Stidham. Character: U.S. Harbor Boat. Power: Steam. No wireless. Speed: About 10 knots. Capacity: 150 to 200 passengers. Length: 85 feet. Number and crew: 10 persons. 2. Craft: Estabeth. Arrival: 10 a.m., October 24th. Departure: 5:30 p.m., October 24th. Officer in charge, Captain J. V. Davis. Character, mail boat for Skagway and Sitka. Motor power, gas. No wireless. Speed, eight and one quarter knots. Capacity, eighty five to one hundred fifty passengers. Length, sixty five feet. Number in crew, three persons. Three. Craft, Amy. Arrival, eleven twenty AM october twenty fourth Departure six forty five PM october twenty fifth Officer in charge Captain EA McDougal Character Ferry Boat for Alaska Gold Mining Company Motor Power Gas No Wireless Speed about six or seven knots capacity approximately one hundred fifty passengers length sixty five feet. Number in crew, five persons. Lifeboats, two boats. Four, craft, king and wing. Arrival, 6.20 p.m., October 24th. Departure, 3 p.m., October 25th. Officer in charge, Captain J. J. Miller. Character, Seattle fishing boat. Motor power, steam. No wireless. Speed, about six or seven knots. Capacity, 100 passengers. Length, about 50 feet. Number and crew, 22 persons. 5. Craft, SS Cedar. Arrival, 8 p.m., October 24th. Departure, 9 p.m., October 24th. Officer in charge, Captain John W. Ledbetter. Arrival, 4.55 a.m., October 25th. Departure one forty p.m. October twenty fifth. Character U.S. Lighthouse tender. Motor power steam. Equipped with wireless. Speed eleven and one half knots. Capacity four hundred passengers. Length two hundred feet. Number in crew about forty persons. Tonnage one thousand three hundred forty one gross tons. Power one thousand three hundred horsepower lifeboats four boats six craft lone fisherman arrival three thirty p.m october twenty fourth sentinel island only officer in charge captain c r duffy character juno ferry boat motor power gas no wireless speed nine knots capacity 200 passengers, length 62 feet, number and crew, two persons. 7. Craft Sitka. Arrival, 4 p.m., left Friday. Officer in charge, Captain Homus. Character, gas boat. Motor power, not recorded. No wireless. Speed, not recorded. Capacity, 100 passengers. 8 craft elsinore arrival seven p m october twenty fourth departure ten p m october twenty fourth officer in charge captain abramson character gas boat motor power not recorded no wireless speed six or seven knots capacity not recorded length not recorded number in crew two persons nine craft atlas arrival twelve fifteen october twenty sixth officer in charge captain thompson character gas boat the princess sophia during the time that she was visible appeared to be resting firmly on an even keel as near as can be estimated taking the wireless messages as a guide the ship must have been forced off the reef about five fifteen p m of the twenty fifth it being then dark and the snowstorm at its height when she apparently foundered immediately leaving no survivors next morning the twenty sixth her position was indicated by a few feet of her foremast projecting above the surface of the water a short distance from the south end of the reef there being no survivors it is entirely a matter of conjecture as to how she came to leave the reef after being apparently firmly held thereon for some thirty-eight hours during which there were two periods of high water and each succeeding day the tides were getting appreciably lower however this much seems to be reasonably ascertainable from a study of the meteorological and tidal conditions prevailing at the time in the north pacific and in the vicinity of vanderbilt reef that there was an abnormally high tide arising from various causes there had been a recent succession of southeast gales in the north pacific ocean causing an influx of water into all the narrower waters of this locality the northeasterly gale blowing at the time down lynn canal when she struck would have had a tendency to raise the level of the water at the vanderbilt reef in seeking an outlet through the narrow and intricate channels there there was a low pressure of air the barometer reading twenty nine point four two which according to one school of theorists causes a higher level of water another factor that would contribute to the ship being lightened is that her bottom when she struck may have been so damaged where she carried her oil fuel as to cause the oil to leak out when she struck it was almost the top of high water with a rising barometer the reef being submerged at that period of the tide the margin of water required for absolute buoyancy the ship being light would not be very great it seems therefore having regard to all those circumstances and conditions reasonable to assume that at high water on the afternoon of the twenty fifth of october nineteen eighteen the water rose to a sufficient level for her to become waterborne and then she was swept off the narrow reef on which she had been resting sinking immediately on the opposite side of the reef to that on which she struck when the weather permitted of search being made for traces of any bodies or wreckage a number of her boats were found considerable distances from the reef the boats all had disengaging gear but whether any of them got away from the ship with passengers aboard it is impossible to determine amongst the passengers were the captains officers and crews of several yukon river steamers coming outside for the season navigation having closed on that river and lakes there were also a number of men engaged in mining in alaska and the yukon and doubtless accustomed to travel on this route it is reasonable to assume that their views would prevail in forming any decision as to the desirability of landing of the passengers did such a desire exist during the forenoon of the twenty fourth the evidence is that captain locke was under no restraint dictation or interference in the navigating of his ship in any way by the owners or their agents or servants owing to the condition prevailing at the time the cable and wireless services were very much impaired from the evidence adduced the conclusion arrived at by your commission is that the ship was lost through peril of the sea as to why passengers were not landed is a matter of conjecture but your commission begged to submit that from the evidence of all the surrounding circumstances such as the ship being staunch and well officered other craft being in the vicinity and other ships approaching the inhospitable shores and lack of shelter sufficiently near the time of year and weather conditions we are not prepared to find that it was unreasonable for captain locke not to land his passengers in securing witnesses and affording other facilities in the course of our investigation, we desire to note the untiring and effective services rendered by the honorable Thomas Riggs Jr., Governor of Alaska, and his staff, and by Mr. W. C. Dibrell, the superintendent of U.S. Lighthouse Service, 16th District, Bremerton Navy Yard, Washington, as well as that of other citizens of Juneau, Seward, and Fairbanks all of which is submitted, signed, Auley Morrison, Commissioner, E. H. Martin, Assessor, John D. McPherson, Assessor. End of report of Wreck of Princess Sophia by Auley Morrison, E. H. Martin, and John D. McPherson. Read by Phil Shemph.